This podcast is brought to you by Dave McEwen, the author of a new book entitled The Self-Evolved Leader. Elevate your focus and develop your people in a world that refuses to slow down. Please listen to podcast number 766, where Dave and Greg speak about the key element of a self-evolved leader and the disciplines that are required to lead in today's fast-moving environment. As Dave states in the interview, the leader's role is not that of a hero, to solve all the problems. It is to empower his and her team to find innovative ways to solve problems. If you want to learn more about Dave McEwen and his new book, The Self-Evolved Leader, please visit www.outfieldleadership.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And today joining me from Seattle is Sam Beasley. And Sam has co-authored a book with BJ Gallagher. BJ has been on Inside Personal Growth before, uh, before. And the book is called Your Life is Your Prayer. Wake up to the spiritual power in everything you do. Good day to you, Sam. How are you? Hi, Greg. I'm wonderful, Greg. How about you? I'm doing really well. And it was great talking with you a little bit before we got on the air. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you taking this time to speak with our listeners. This is a perfect audience. Uh, Your book is. And I'm going to let them know a little bit about you. Sam is a successful businessman, entrepreneur who uses spiritual principles to establish and build and run his businesses. He is charismatic speaker and dynamic workshop leader whose mission is to share what he's learned so that others may become successful and fulfilled as well. Sam and Suzanne have co-authored a book on the connection between financial net worth, psychology and spiritual self-worth, and self-care called Wealth and Well-Being, how therapists, counselors, and helping professionals can assist clients through the emotional barriers to financial independence, and a companion workbook Wealth and Well-Being Workbook, Overcoming Barriers to Financial Independence. We will put a link to that in the blog as well. Sam's books, like his workshops, are filled with inspirational wisdom, as well as practical how-to tips. And if you want to learn more about Sam, you can actually go to the website for this book, yourlifeisyourprayer.com. Just go to yourlifeisyourprayer.com, and there you will learn a lot more about Sam, his blogs. He's got some great blog entries that you should read, the book itself, and so on. So Sam, you and BJ Gallagher, BJ's been on here before. And in the introduction of the book, um, you talk about prayer. And the image that comes to mind, I'm sure for most of our listeners, is going to be one where we're bowed and our head is down and our eyes are closed and our hands are clasped and perhaps kneeling, but you and BJ have really given people a a different visualization about prayer. What's your vision for prayer? And um, would you explain that to the listeners, if you would, please? Oh, yeah, sure. So so I I grew up with the kind of a standard image that, you know, we, we bow our heads and then we began to pray. And at some point as an adult, I... I just kind of got it. I thought there was a, like a light switch we turned on and on the other end, the divine saw a little light bulb light up that said Sam and started listening. And then at the end, I'd turn the switch off and go, okay, don't listen to me now. And uh, so I, I realized 
I had that image in my head, which I, I just think is hilarious, and that, and um, I decided to create a new image. And so, uh, my vision now is that I pray probably 24 hours a day. I can confirm that I pray if I'm awake. I suspect I'm praying when I'm asleep, and and I it doesn't always take a form that sounds like a prayer. So. So I, I I think of joy as a prayer, despair as a prayer, gratitude, fear. Um, I'm not always certain that a divine listener is listening, but I am certain that something in me is listening and and hears what I'm saying. And um, so if I'm grateful, I feel joy and peace. If I'm angry, I feel threatened, afraid, and I'm declaring I'm not safe. Um, when I love, I feel wonderful connection to life and people. Um, so I began to understand that I'm, I'm walking through life in prayer and that we all are, and we can actually choose what we're praying with a little consciousness. So I decided to join the divine listener in listening to myself. And the more I listened, the more conscious I became of how much I choose to choose joy and how much I choose to choose love, excitement, curiosity, peace, acceptance. And the more I do it, the more my overall prayer becomes thank you. And it, that's a prayer I it's on my lips often. All the time. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You're yeah. grateful. And, uh, yeah. You know, you yes, have, I have a lot to be grateful for. You have filled the book with prayers. And for my listeners, you're going to find a prayer on almost every third page of this book. So it's just, it's awesome. Plus great advice. Now, the fact that you believe that the divine or our universal source is always listening, not just when we're taking this position of formal prayer, what would be the best way for our listeners to go through their day asking, being in gratitude and having forgiveness for themselves and others? And what prayer might you add to that uh, if you were to give people a prayer today about gratitude and forgiveness? Yeah, so so um, uh, I'm going to call it mindful prayer. It, it's a skill, and we can actually develop it with uh, awareness and practice. And uh, so uh, one of the skills, one of the practices I used at the beginning was I started doing a, a daily inventory. And at the end of each day, I'd ask myself, did I appreciate this day? Uh, did I think I was alone or abandoned? Or did I think I was in danger? Uh, did I see anything beautiful? Did I experience joy? Uh, did I think I needed to lie to myself or others? Um, did I remember that we're all humans and doing the best we can? And I, I began to do that inventory as a way of of encouraging myself to notice what was going on internally. And then at the beginning of the day, I would choose one or two thoughts to think throughout that day. And I, I still do this. I They're in my phone and they pop up as an appointment and it vibrates and I look at the screen and there's a thought on the screen and I read it and, and I remember to embrace that thought. And so I, I've got two for today. My first one is, I'm so grateful to love my grandchildren. I, I love that thought. And, um, 
And to, to me, that's a prayer. I'm so grateful to love my grandchildren. So, so in, in a prayer form, it would be divine. I'm so grateful to love my grandchildren. Thank you. And the second one is I'm looking forward to finding freedom in entirely new forms. And uh, I, it's, it's another thought I, I just love. And so, so I think now of prayer is almost a conversation I'm having. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, so, so literally the chance to sit down on a park bench next to the divine and turn to the divine and say, I'm looking forward to finding freedom in entirely new forms. Thank you. And, uh, or, or you know, my favorite prayer in that scenario is sit down on the park bench, turn to the divine, and say, "Dude, what were you thinking?" Right. And, uh, right. Um, because, because most of the time I don't get it. And, uh, uh, so, so a prayer to me, a chosen prayer, would be anything that's honest. Like, um, I'm afraid. Can you help me? Um, or to a, a saying that just expresses my joy and gratitude, like like I particularly love my grandchildren. So, so just to be able to say I'm so grateful to love my grandchildren. You know, I I'm uh, even saying it fills me with joy. Um, well, you know that that idea that you came up with, Sam, about your smartphone and putting one or two mm-hmm. thoughts on the phone or appointments and read them. You you went on to state in the book that this became a norm or a new habit for you. And then you go on to state in that same section of the book, what are the four norms that you believe we default to? And how would you recommend getting out of these defaults? Because these are not positive defaults. These are defaults that you think people actually go to. Well, um, I hope we aren't. Hope for all of us that that we aren't defaltering to altering our mood with something destructive, um, like excess food or alcohol or or some behavioral addiction that makes life worse. And if that's the case, those are the things to address first by asking other people for help. But beyond that, what I've experienced and what I what I see other people doing is we might unconsciously get into a groove of regretfully chanting what isn't working over and over. We might not notice it, but in our mental background, we could be chanting some version of this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And, um, or I'm doomed just over and over and over. So, so that's one that I see and hear people getting into. Uh, Another one is we almost consciously embrace anger and misery and we chant it and we feel right and justified about it. And that seems to happen when we feel victimized at a level that feels impossible to overcome. And um, it, it often involves making somebody else wrong to make ourselves right. So, so it's very present in our society today and it has been for the last few years, and I hear it in response to our current political experience. Um, um, we people are chanting it silently; they're chanting it out loud, and and they don't stop and say, "So, what is it I want? Um, you know, what is it that I would like the divine 
to change? And what's the best way to get there? And and is it even worth bringing the divine in on it? And uh, so so that's one that's just it's just particularly present right now. And I I hear it a lot. And I and for those people who experience it, I I, I really really wish you well. Um, well, it's a and, it's, you get a different uh, uh, perspective on how to look at it, and I think that it's a healthy perspective uh, because if you put the vibrations out into the universe, you can create, as you've said, what you wanted. You and I were speaking about that before we came on, and a lot of that is fear-based, and we've often heard yes. that fear stands for false expectation appearing real. That all yep. all my listeners have heard that. How do you recommend? that people you've got a a portion in the book about being fearless and you have some tips on being fearless um what tips would you give to the listeners today about not going into that fear and not buying into it and um staying with the divine and praying about the positive yes so in in the book we we started addressing it by we made a little acrostic that said face the situation express your feelings to those who trust assess the risk versus in the imagined dangers regroup listen to others courage evaluate options available say prayers for guidance and stand firm in faith values and principles and some tools that uh, that really work for me is is um for one thing i i often don't have time to become fearless. Uh, what I really want is for fear to not stop me. And I, I learned sometime back that like uh, a key in business for me is the ability to go forward afraid. And that's a tool that's quite important to me because opportunities come up and often my first reaction is fear. But I need to act in the interest of my employees and my clients and they can't wait for me to become fearless. So I learned to go forward with fear instead of being stopped by fear. And it's almost uh, become a companion now. And uh, I, I almost say to the fear, uh, well, okay, let's go. And um, I use curiosity as a go-to in those moments. And and I have a version of a prayer that says, um, I don't know what you have in mind with this fear, but I trust you've got my back and I'm going forward. And so I, I kind of learned that um, fear feels like a barrier, but it isn't necessarily a barrier. It could be, if you could imagine um, that instead of fear is the wall in front of you, it's the companion walking beside you. Um, So you could just literally arm in arm go forward to fear. That's been really useful for me. But those but those other things that I read in the um, uh, acrostic, like stand firm in faith and values, that's really helpful. You know, uh, you know just remembering what's true is, well, is a really it, helpful thing. It is. A, I like your analogy about walking with fear. It's almost like the uh, footprints in the sand, right? Um, we have someone beside us. It's the angel. It doesn't have to be looked at upon as something that you have to fear. And like you've said, if you are, you've just moved forward anyway. And and you've mm-hmm. asked, what is this for? And I love that. And in your chapter on how to deal with change is your prayer. 
Um, we're all having to deal with lots of change right now. The world is changing fast. BJ spoke about all the job changes that she'd gone through. And her analogy was that the director is going to be yelling at her. That was the way you say cut. And suddenly the stage crew in our mind will be reorganizing the set for the next scene. That's a pretty uh, good way to explain it because we are going to move on. We're going to have different things that are going to happen in our lives where we have to embrace change. How would you advise to our listeners about dealing with change? And what prayer would you give them for dealing with change? You mean beyond like kicking and screaming? So. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, well, it can be difficult. And, and it can even be more difficult when life is perfect, because if it's perfect, why would we want to change? Uh, so I, I, I've noticed that we're, I've had moments where I sensed change and things were just really good. And I was going, oh, man, I, I just really liked this. So, uh, But I think step one in facing change is just to take a nice deep breath and open our arms and say, okay. And uh, when we understand it's happening, we can embrace what works. So we could imagine magnificent possibilities, even if we can't see what they are yet. We could remind ourselves um, what skills and talents we have and how creative we are, how resourceful. We could ask for help from others and accept it if it's offered, not reject it. We can remember change can trigger emotional responses and that they come through with thoughts that they feel real, but they aren't necessarily real. Um, and we could set aside, very intentionally, set aside periods of time to get excited about what might be coming. We don't have to know what's coming to get excited about it. And um, uh, we've all had good things come to us. And so we could just think back on that, on when a good thing was coming and, and just regenerate that excitement for it. Uh, one of the hardest things for me if I'm facing change is a sense that I have to go forward alone. So I just have a simple prayer that says, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And that really, that really is a, a, a comforting and encouraging prayer um, to go through, to, to say as I'm facing change. And I, I, I'm doing it right now. I, I have a change coming up this year. I'm, I'm well. A, I'm going to turn seventy. But B, I'm thinking about moving on from um, a whole uh, division of businesses that I own and uh, um, selling it. And I've already turned one part over to somebody else, and I'm engaged in the process of letting go of uh, a group of them. And uh, I don't really know what's coming but i'm inviting it that's Whatever the best is. part is that yeah. you're open and you've let go right yes, yes. Like surrender i don't look at surrender as being bad oh no gosh gosh good no. thing some people mm -hmm. do you know it's like yeah. oh i gave up well it's mm -hmm. not that you're giving up it's you're surrendering yeah. to what is right buddhist yeah. precept now yeah. You talk about the power of decision. And usually when people have fear, they have a hard time making a decision. 
you know, but no decision is the decision. We all know that. That yes. we all that you say that all we need to do is decide and we can manifest almost anything in our life. What prayers slash affirmations would you like to give the listeners who are having a hard time making these decisions because they're locked in fear around making a decision and they just don't know how to make that next step? I mean, it's like you um, deciding to do your exit plan for your business, you know? There could be a lot of trepidation with that because that's one of the businesses I'm in is helping people um, uh, transition uh, in their life from their business out. What is the next chapter? So how would you help people? Well, um, I, I, there was a time I, I really believed we were going through life alone and that we were entirely responsible for our decisions. But I didn't really mean responsible. I meant we were to blame for them. And uh, I had... I had regretted so many past decisions that didn't turn out the way I hoped. And I had so much regret. I didn't want to risk new decisions. And I, I saving grace came to me in the form of curiosity. It was a decision to live in curiosity instead of certainty that life was hard and I was bad at it. So I, I, I started reexamining um, old decisions that I thought turned out poorly and I began to ask myself, did any good come out of this? Uh, is there any chance that the divine had something in mind here that I can't see? And sometimes uh, uh, the best I could come up with is, I wonder if I'll ever know if there was value in that decision. Now, that's a huge improvement over this was awful. You know, just to, I wonder if I'll ever know if there was value in it. Um, and each of those questions introduces the possibility that decisions and outcomes aren't always what they appear and that we often can't see a big enough picture to declare something a failure so i I, so giving up the job of grading my decisions really grants much greater freedom to make future decisions Um, so if i catch myself judging a decision poorly or or pridefully taking all the credit for one that seemed to turn out well I just have a, a simple little prayer. I say, divine, I'm turning this over to you. Thank you. And I often, I think I use it now more when my ego wants to take credit for something that that turned out well. I, I don't really mean that turned out the way I was hoping. You know, so if I catch myself credit, taking credit, uh, you know, credit and blame is uh, two sides of one coin, and you can't just have half of it. Uh, so, oh, wow. so I'll, I will, I will say for both of them, I'm turning this over to you. Thank you. But I particularly do it if I catch myself enforcing my old belief that I'm, I'm, I'm to blame for my decisions, and I better do a good job. So, so, uh, great way, um, a great way to advise our listeners to take a look mm-hmm. at that, you know, two sides mm-hmm. of the coin, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, in your chapter on how to spend your time is your prayer. You ask the readers to get a piece of paper and a pencil and put three columns in it. And it's, uh, the three columns are, I want to, I want to be, and I want to have mm-hmm. what it, the advice would you give our listeners to align their time management, as you say, to match the values and uh, and what they want in life? I think, you know, look, you and I are 
in kind of our later years, right? And you look back mm -hmm. at time and you go, wow, it, it, I know it's all the same time. There actually is no time, but we do, we do measure things, right? We say, okay, so what happened? What did I accomplish? What went on? What advice did you have so that people can get more in line, that they're having more happiness in their life as a result to playing out closer to their values versus somebody else imposing it on them? Yeah, I think that, I think the very first thing is to uh, really clarify your top five to 10 values. It's, it's not hard to do. You can just Google values list and you'll come up with 50 of them, you know, and, and you just go through and, and uh, um, circle all the ones that you value and then keep crossing them out until you're down to five or 10. And uh, that really helps. Uh, so you know how you're, how you're going to use time and, and just, to remember that time is a currency like money. Um, and we've got 24 hours a day. So how are we going to split that up among our values? And it's okay to ask for help on that, like divine help and human help. Um, the goal is not to master values alignment. Uh, the goal is to live out our values. So, so prayer is a good place to start. Um, listen to prayers and chants about time um, and start to introduce the idea that there is enough time. And I, I'm saying that because a whole bunch of us are praying, I don't have time over and over and over. I don't have time. And uh, um, so, so um, just start saying to, to your, your source, um, uh, allow me to experience there being enough time and stretch it a little bit for me, stretch time a little for me. Uh, so you could ask yourself if you're spending time doing, spending time doing things that matter to you uh, or time spending time doing things that don't please you. And if you are spending time doing things that don't please you, just find a way to let them go. And uh, um, so I, I told you before the call, I commute from Washington to California. And at first I really loved the drive. I'd take two days to drive. And it was, it was a chance to uh, be thoughtful. And, and then it came to a moment where it wasn't pleasing to me anymore to, I would drive for two days, work for four, drive for two. And uh, so I, I realized it was time to let that go, so I, I put a car at Sacramento Airport and a motorhome in a town where I have a business, and now I fly in and out, and um, it saves me a month a year in travel time. And um, so, identifying the top five ten values, uh, um, you can look at your calendar and see what you've been doing, and and say is that what i wanted um and uh so so um that's one thing you could do uh, another is um uh, well I, I think just generally just asking for guidance and knowing that there's enough time and then really cherishing it and doling it out in a way that matches your values. So, so if I if I tell you I value music, but my guitar is collecting dust, 
I mm-hmm. have to really think about that. You know? Right, right. Um, yeah. But your alignment, I, your alignment idea with the pad and paper is a good way for people to get started. Like you said, yeah. you can Google anywhere values and it's going to come up and you're going to find values uh-huh. that align with you. And I think yeah. that's an important thing. And one of the things you speak about is the power of positive doing, you know, talking about alignment with your values, you're going to hopefully do things that are in alignment with positive doing. You state that we can get moving whether we feel like it or not. There are times when I'm sure a lot of my listeners out there don't feel like it. They'd rather just sit and veg and so on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What advice do you have and what are the four steps of achievement that you mention in the chapter on this power of positive doing? Yeah, we we uh, quoted William Arthur Ward and and his uh, four steps to achievement. It's to plan purposefully, to prepare prayerfully, to proceed positively, and pursue persistently. And I I, I just really love those and 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 embrace them in my life. Um, so we often have the idea that achievement is the outcome of a series of actions and events, and sometimes luck. Um, and when it's fully formed and fully functional and we're standing at the bank making a nice fat deposit from it, uh, then we think we've reached achievement. Um, and I used to think that, but but now I realize achievement starts way before the trip to the bank. And it, it really starts with my acceptance of the birth of an idea and my faith in process no matter the outcome so i am an entrepreneur and i regularly envision new businesses and i ask myself if if it's a a new idea is it or is it just a good idea or is it one that i'm going to follow and if it's the latter if if i get it that it's an idea to follow i get to planning and you know asking myself what's it going to take does it need startup money if so how much what's the best way to get it and should I bring the divine in on this? And um, and that's that's a great question for me. Should I bring the divine in on it? It it uh, it's so simple for me to say I got this. I can do this alone. And, uh, so it's a great reminder to just stop and say, why don't I invite the divine into this process? And uh, um, and you know, in the beginning. Once I got over the idea I had to do it alone, I started asking people who already had success like I wanted, achievement like I wanted, I started asking them, how'd you do it? And it was amazing how excited they were that they were asked. They they so wanted to tell people how they did it. And uh, um, so I, I think a, a step is is to go straight to the source of the answer. And if you aren't the source, find the source. Uh, Great advice. Success and achievement exists at every step, not just the outcome. Right. Um, So, yeah, every step of it. So so even just getting to the end of the day and saying, I took steps forward today. Um, uh, You know, if we were raising a baby, we really get it that year one is important for year 20. And uh, we don't always do that with achievement. But today, what we did today 
is really important for what will be true 10 months from now. So and true. we can acknowledge it. We can acknowledge it that today we achieved. And, well, uh, every and- day, every day toward whatever vision or goal or intention somebody has is another step forward toward that. And as long as they can keep that in their mind's eye, and as you say, the prayers. What would you like to leave our our listeners with, with relation to maybe some type of affirmation or prayer? Because the book is loaded with them. I'm going to let my listeners know that. We're going to put a link to it uh, for Amazon so that they can purchase the book. But any um, last words to kind of tie up our interview today? Well, I'll suggest a prayer. It's uh, one that I really love, and I particularly love it when I remember to embrace it. And it's, thank you for the experiences of this day. I hope someday I'll fully understand them. Wow, that's powerful. That is powerful. Because we don't always understand what they are at the time they're happening. And I think that to live in that uncertainty of what it Mm -hmm. is and to embrace the uncertainty is so powerful. And for my listeners, uh, we've been on with Sam Beasley. It's Sam Beasley and BJ Gallagher. The book is Your Life is Your Prayer. Wake up to the spiritual power in everything you do. Sam, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth. I'm going to highly recommend this book to all of my listeners. Again, we'll have links in the blog. And if you want to learn more, you can go to yourlifeisyourprayer.com. That's yourlifeisyourprayer.com. There you can read uh, Sam's blog entries and you can learn more about the book. Thank you so much, Sam. And uh, I appreciate you being on Inside Personal Growth. Great to be with you, Greg. This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Moshe Engelberg, the author of a new book entitled The Amari Wave, Uplifting Business by Putting Love to Work. Please listen to podcast number 761, where Moshe and Greg speak about the benefits of embedding love into the workplace and the tremendous effects that it brings to employees, customers, and the business. Many businesses such as REI, Costco, Trader Joe's, and many others have experienced profits and employee engagement levels rise as a result of bringing love into the workplace. We hope you enjoy this engaging and informative interview with author Dr. Moshe Engelberg about his new book, The Amari Wave. Please listen to podcast number 761. And if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Moshe Engelberg's new book, please visit www.theamariwave, spelt A-M-A-R-E. Thanks for listening.